We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Today I'm speaking with Kevin Williamson, a former league champ in the Football Guys Players Championship and who also currently owns the fifth place team overall in the 2019 FFPC main event a $3.1 million contest that will pay $500,000 to first place alone. In this episode, he and I talk about the way he prefers to choose to stream his defenses, how the latest wide receiver trades will affect the rest of the Patriots and the 49ers, and much more. You can follow Williamson on Twitter at SSN670. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here is fifth place team owner in the 2019 FFPC main event, Mr. Kevin Williamson. me this week on the <clears throat> excuse me the rotoviz high stakes lowdown is a longtime kffsc all-star and the fifth place team owner in the ffpc main event going into uh week eight mr it's the bourbon city baller himself kevin williamson what's up man hey thanks for having me on this is uh, exciting i know for you um not necessarily to be on this show but exciting because you told me that you've never had a main event team this good before i have not i've been playing 
several years and uh, yet to make the playoffs. So I'm hoping I can at least do that this year. So when so when you drafted this team, did you kind of have an inkling like, hey, this team could be special? Um, you know, to, to see it fifth place and out of 2,400 teams here, as we've already passed the midway point of the regular season, did or did it just seem like, yeah, we'll take my chances with it, we'll see what happens? Yeah, I'm like everybody. Every every draft looks good in August and early September until week one comes and I get one point from my defense and my charger kicker is out. So it, <laughs> it did look hopeful week one, but each week it's 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 been good. You uh, congratulations obviously are in order for for getting a team this high at any point in this. Uh, you have a lot of the usual suspects uh, that have been crushing it for teams this year at the tops of the leaderboards. DeAndre Hopkins, Dalvin Cook, Chris Godwin, Austin Eckler. I want to talk uh, first thing uh, about Devin Singletary because this is a guy that I um, I wouldn't say had high hopes for, but he was one of the guys that I kind of targeted in the mid rounds of a lot of my drafts because I I well number one I I didn't realize Frank Gore would be you know sipping from the fountain of youth all season and uh, there was rumors that Lashawn McCoy could get cut which he did. Do you think Gore keeps this up? Um, or will this Bills team, which looks like a pretty good one this year, uh, are they going to unleash Devin Singletary coming up on the stretch run? I hope they do. I mean, Gore, you, you wait every year for him to just go down, but he, he never does. I mean, Singletary is obviously the future, and, of course, Yeldon's cutting into time on both. But I'd like to see – I thought maybe this far in we would be with Singletary, but I just got to keep hanging with him and uh, hope – down the road, he takes over. I think, um, I mean, I almost wish, like, um, the Bills would go on a losing streak because if they did <laughs> and and then, you know, the playoffs don't seem like um, they're going to happen anymore, then maybe Singletary would get in there. Uh, of course, then then maybe, you know, I don't know how it would work because Frank Gore is not going to want to come out of the game. Um, and uh, maybe they'll want to preserve Singletary for, for 2020. You never know. But we'll see. I'm not dropping him anywhere. I I I would I think I was forced to start him in one dynasty league last week because of uh, bye week issues that I had, um, and obviously he didn't perform. But we'll see down the stretch. I think he's definitely a hold, a guy that can really potentially be a league winner. We'll see what happens. You hit uh, moving to the tight end position. You hit a couple of home runs uh, in this league in both Austin Hooper <coughs> and Darren Waller. Kevin, are you normally? waiting on the elite tight ends, kind of ignoring those guys and trying to draft a couple of upside guys later, like Hooper, like Waller, like you did in this draft? Or did this particular main event league just sort of fall that way for value for you? Uh, I always like to get maybe one of the top six, but the way those top three were going off, I knew I would not be able to afford them. And listen all summer about how each one is probably due for a lot of regression. I mean, Kittle and... Kelsey had the most receiving yards ever in a season for tight ends last year. So if I can't get the top six, I'm looking at my next tier, maybe in the Cook, McDonald, Hooper, uh, Joku. And about the seventh round, Hooper was there. And Cleveland, Joku, I just felt better with Hooper. And then Waller, I, I just, even before the hard knocks started, I, I like what I'd heard about him all summer, his story. And uh, he was just catching everything. And to see him on tape, he almost looked like a huge wide receiver. He was just flying, so that's how I winded up with those two. How, uh, if if we were redrafting today, where, how high, like, what number tight ends off the boards would Waller and Hooper be? Would 
would you be drafting him ahead of Zach Ertz, for instance? Oh, definitely. I have Ertz in the league, and he's done nothing. And not, <laughs> yeah, I mean, right now they're they're one and two in FFPC scoring. So, yeah, I think they would be. Would you take him ahead of Kelsey could, or Kittle? Oh, Kelsey, I don't. I don't think you can do that with Mahomes. It just. I was high on Atlanta, and I'm glad I didn't get anything but Hooper because <laughs> I thought they were going to have a heck of a year, but they have not. But I guess, and, and I was high on Kittle, but I would probably take them third after those two. Probably fade Ertz. When you look at as long as you as long as you're talking about um, the, the or as long as we're talking about the Chiefs here, when you look at what this offense is going to be, assuming Patrick Mahomes doesn't play this week against Green Bay, which I don't think he will. But going forward, are, are Kelsey and Hill the only pass catchers? Let's not talk about the running backs for a second. But are Kelsey and Hill the only pass catchers that you're starting for the Chiefs as long as Matt Moore's under center? I think that's it. Yes, uh, Watkins too hurt, inconsistent, and then you you gamble with uh, Hardman and uh, the other kid, Robinson. Uh, Robinson, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just hard to figure out which one's going to hit that week. Pringle, I mean. <laughs> You got to go with the two studs there and hope Matt Moore can find them. And I would think that he, sh- I mean, you know, the good thing about Hill is, yeah, he's a burner, but he also is the type of guy who can take a wide receiver screen to the house. And Kelsey's a guy that, yeah, he can rip up, rip up the seam for you, but he also does a lot of damage underneath. And you'd think Matt Moore, who I think has been in the league double digit years, you would think he is, you know, savvy enough of a veteran to get the ball to both of those guys going forward. I'm playing – I don't think I own Tyreek Hill in one league this year, which is unfortunate or, or maybe fortunate <laughs> given the time he's missed. Um, but I do own Kelsey in one league, and I have no trepidation about – you know, you draft Kelsey um, this year. You are starting him every week. It's it's going to take a, a lot for me to bench him because of quarterback play. Um, so going forward, I'm, I'm totally with you on, on that Kelsey Hill. Uh, I want to get into some team management philosophy with you here, Kevin. I look at the transactions in uh, for your team in this main event league that you're fifth place overall in, and it seemed like you are a defense streamer. How far in advance are you looking on the NFL schedule when you're making these moves uh, to ensure the best possible matchup for your defenses? Well, in the drafts, I never want to get that uh, number one, you know, like Jacksonville last year, the Bears this year. They just doesn't pan out, and then I kind of wait in the middle – trying to get one in the top 12 but this year i just did like a lot of the people i watched just try to get that week one matchup and maybe just kind of stream and maybe you hit something later so that's what i did this year taking philly and in, in advance uh normally i just try to pick one up each week but if i have the bench spot and uh, doing well this year i had kind of extra spots so i try to look ahead and see if i can pick up like uh pick up detroit against new york this week and Maybe I play that. Um, not too far ahead, though. I don't think, and maybe this is laziness on my part. I, I Maybe it's not. But I remember Justin McCord, a former uh, Kentucky uh, main event overall champion, who's been a, a guest on this show. I remember him talking, and it could have been on the KFFFC podcast several years ago, but he brought up um, looking at the, the biggest point spread in week one. And... Um, doing you know doing your draft and drafting your defense late based on whoever that was you know somebody's a seven point favorite ten point favorite whatever uh, and, and trying to get that defense late and I feel like I've sort of adapted that 
uh, over the last few years where I will only draft one defense um, and then just sort of try to, you know, kind of finesse it out over September to find out who the really good defenses are, try to get lucky off the waiver wire, or when when somebody has the bye week issues and they drop a good defense, be ready to pounce on that. I always try to have like two top 12 defenses by like mid-October or or like two who I view as two top 12 defenses uh, from mid-October on so I can sort of play matchups after that. And I feel like that is the best. And again, I could be wrong on this. This is the way I've adapted to it. But I feel like for me, that is the best way to ensure your best matchup with a with a low investment cost on that and i don't know if you have any thoughts on on that strategy yeah totally uh like when i picked up san francisco last week i'm hoping maybe i've lucked into maybe maybe an every week starter and uh based on their matchup i can swap that other one on the waiver wire each week if they play a, a big offensive weapon or something but yeah i got the same strategy there Good. Well, I'm, I feel good. I feel better about that strategy now that I, I know the fifth place team in the main event feels the same way. Uh, Kevin, yeah. Shout out to Justin McCord and uh, Fetch and Farrell doing oh, the yeah. podcast tonight. Oh, they do a great <laughs> job. That's that's always one of the highlights of my week. Listening to those two guys or those three guys banter back and forth, along with whatever Kentucky player saunters into their studio too. That's right. always fun when we have one of those special guest stars. The bar is always open at the KFFSC <laughs> podcast. Um, let's talk about the uh, this hysteria that, that happened this past weekend in the Arizona backfield. I, I felt a little bit guilty, but I actually had to start Chase Edmonds in two leagues because of, uh, I did it was poor planning on my part for bye weeks. And I felt like, oh, maybe he'd be a decent flex. Um, and then as I'm watching this game and I'm seeing Chase Edmonds rack up all these yards and, and touchdowns, I'm like, where is David Johnson? And then we found out after the game, um, you know, Cliff Kingsbury said that uh, – uh, um, you, you know, he was only going to play an emergency, which is kind of weird because didn't he start the game? I mean, he started off with yeah. like two snaps right away. So I don't know what That's kind of lie. It, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just really <laughs> ridiculous. So, okay, so the fact that we know this now, that, that Kingsbury was, was um, not very truthful with the media, uh, at least after the fact, how are you treating Chase Edmonds and David Johnson? And I don't know how many shares you own uh, own of these guys this year, but how are you treating those guys in your starting lineups going forward beginning this? I got a couple David Johnson shares and only one team with both of them. And, of course, I did like uh, your buddy Fantasy Mojo said, 99% of people in FFPC started David Johnson. Only a third owner started Edmonds. So, yeah, I was disappointed in that. But I guess if he's active – it might be like a situation with Eckler and Gordon. Right. If you got them both, maybe you play them both. I mean, you cannot not start David Johnson when he's active, but with them signing Morris, maybe he's going to be inactive for the next couple of weeks till the bye. I'm not sure. Well, and, and a couple of things on that. DJ Foster, who is also one of their running backs uh, in Arizona, he's banged up. So maybe there is, I think Sigmund Bloom pointed this out this week on one of the Football Guys podcasts that – Maybe the Morris signing was more of a of a reaction to Foster, but maybe it's not. Maybe it is a reaction to David Johnson. And I don't think I own Johnson anywhere, but I would be wrestling with this. Like even if he is active, now that I've seen what Cliff Kingsbury is capable of in a game where you're taking basically a zero from a guy that you're expecting a lot from. Um it's it's easier, I I guess somewhat easier if you have if you own both of them. Um, and I think we can read the tea leaves. I was just um, listening to <clears throat> On the Couch with Sigmund Bloom, Bob Harris, 
from uh, uh, Football Diehards was on this week, and he said if you listen to what Kingsbury said last week, he was dropping these little hints that, like, look, David Johnson is not healthy, and he, you know, you might expect a, a reduced role for him. He said on Friday uh, this past week uh, that if the if Arizona was playing this past Friday, David Johnson was not would not be able to play. And so then two days later, are we really expecting him to be full bore? Nah, maybe we shouldn't have. And, and that's probably why there was a lot of Edmonds love out there. I actually saw one tweet from, uh, I think it was an FFPC player, that was playing against David Johnson, and the guy started him. And because of bye week issues or injury issues, he had to play Chase Edmonds. So the David Johnson <laughs> owner not only got screwed over by having a zero, but he had to go up against Johnson's backup, which is which is really unfortunate. That's one of those things uh, that you have to deal with, I guess. Um, so Chase Edmonds, I don't, I didn't look at the ownership percentages. I would imagine he's pretty owned. A uh, guy that was uh, actually um, on the waiver wire in a few of my leagues this week is Ty Johnson. And we got the news that carry on Johnson is going to be on I, or he's been placed on IR. So my first question is, are you dropping carry on Johnson wherever you have him, given that he won't be back at, at the earliest until week 16. And then how high is Ty Johnson ceiling in FFPC leagues for the remainder of the year, knowing what we know now, Kevin? Yes. Uh, you got to drop carry on because even if he comes back week 16, what, what do you, what do you get out of him? Um, Ty Johnson is not available in probably all of my leagues I checked this morning. But uh, if you don't have a, a good running back and you've only got four more shots to use your fab, this might be where you unload and try to go get starting running back. But the way Patricia has used him, the carry-on, I don't I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it hadn't been the greatest uh, six weeks for uh, carry-on Johnson. You know, and... and... <sighs> I was excited. I thought Kerryon Johnson was actually going to catch a few more passes than he did this year, and, and probably some of that is because Ty Johnson's been catching passes, which is always good. I mean, that's one of the things I look for in, in these handcuffed running backs is are they a pass catcher, and Ty Johnson is. Um, the problem with that is, well, J.D. McKissick, who, who might be his backup now, uh, is also a pass catcher. So I don't know if Ty Johnson's going to be lifted um, on on passing downs in favor of McKissick to try to keep him healthy, and we don't know if Detroit's going to sign somebody yet. You know, um, right. <laughs> they, there, there's plenty of free agent running backs looking for action out there right now, and you could be looking. But this is a, a swing your sword moment. I think you're right that if you do see Ty Johnson out there, it's week eight of the regular season in FFPC leagues. You're only after this week you will have three games left in your regular season. So. This might be one of the final chances you have, especially if you're a fringe playoff team or trying to sneak in. This might be a time where, where you know, you cash in your chips and, and see what you can get by shoving all in on a player. So I guess that's a, that's a terrible uh, analogy. I just talked out of both sides of my mouth. Cash in your chips right. and then push them in the middle. Um, or so, you go after him to keep everyone else in your league from getting him. And, 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 that's, and, and, and there could be good defense by that, uh, you know, uh, the best offense is good defense sometime to get them on your roster yeah. and see what happens, especially if you have a lot of fab left, uh, as you are pointing out. 
So before we get to the next part of the show, just want to mention about sportsaxios.com. Following a team you love in 2019 can be very time-consuming. Trying to follow everything that's happening in sports is pretty much impossible. Scrolling through every app, visiting every website on a daily basis is, in fact, impossible. And that's why I subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily fantasy newsletter in the land. Axios Sports is a modern sports page direct to your email inbox every day. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you get the best stories from the N. NBA to the NFL and even to cricket and ping pong and ping pong and everything in between. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, gives you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple and best of all, it's free. You can sign up today at sports.axios.com. That's sports.axios.com. That is A X I O S. Not only will you be caught up on all the information, but to be ready to go for the weekend with all the sports knowledge that you need. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up before the day even begins. No paywall, no subscription fee. Once again, that is sports.axios.com. Try for free now, sports.axios.com. I also want to let you know about our friends over at Indochino. Indochino was founded on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune for a custom wardrobe. I always love getting those custom suits on, getting trimmed up. I mentioned this a few weeks ago when we talked about Indochino. I'm not a big fan of wearing suits at all times, but when there's a big event on, I do like to, to, to feel nice, get dressed up and uh, dressed to impress, as they say, I guess we'll call it. Indochino is the way to go when you're trying to, to get into the best clothes for the best prices endochino is the world's largest made to measure menswear brand they make suits shirts coats and more and everything is made to your exact measurements and as i mentioned before my measurements a bit unique uh, with my height and <laughs> height and kind of weight and uh, the best part is they are affordable almost all of their custom clothing comes in at under 400 dollars us the process is simple choose your fabric pick your customization submit your measurements your package will be delivered to your door within two weeks and the measurements can be designed also at your nearest endochino showroom or do it all online yourself at endochino.com and now as a rotoviz listener you can upgrade your style and start with 30 dollars off your total purchase of 399 or more at endochino.com when entering the code blue wire at checkout and get free shipping also that's endochino.com promo code once again is blue wire and that's 30 dollars off your total purchase of 399 or more an incredible deal on made to measure clothing a um, couple of trades happened. Uh, we're recording this Wednesday morning here, but so a couple of trades that happened Tuesday, uh, the, the day before. Mohamed Sanu is now a Patriot, and Emmanuel Sanders is now a 49er. Um, these guys are basically owned in, in pretty much every league. Kevin, as you look forward at these guys, who are you more excited about between Sanu and Sanders? Who puts up the better numbers for the remainder of the season, these two guys? That is a tough one. I, I guess you would say... Sanu, but with so many weapons on New England, I, I never get excited about it. I mean, there's too many. <laughs> and <laughs> with Sanders, he goes from probably a, not a great offense to a, another one that doesn't throw. They, they run, run a lot in San Francisco. So, I mean, if I had to ha- have one, I guess I'd go Sanu. You got Brady. You also got Edelman. And a lot of, there's a lot of people there. A lot of weapons. Well, there and there, I, I, and I would contend that there's a lot of weapons in both places. But if you look at like what this Sanu trade does for everybody else in New England, I don't think it affects Edelman at all. I think maybe this is a commentary on how serious the Josh Gordon injuries are. Maybe that's something that we we uh, sort of woken up to. And the kill to me, it kills Philip Dorsett's value. Um, James White and, and the backfield, I think, is kind of unaffected. And I'm I'm not really not that I was ever excited about Ben Watson or any of the other tight ends there. 
But, I mean, they're going to use Sanu. This is a guy that they tried to get before. Um, and, obviously, when you have uh, the GOAT throwing to him and, and Tom Brady, you got to be excited about uh, him. What about these other receivers now in San Francisco, Kevin? Who does who does the Sanders trade affect most? Is it Debo Samuel? Is it Pettis? Is it Goodwin? Who Who is, and I'll tell you who, who I think it affects the most in a second. I'm, I'm dropping him in a, in a few of my leagues this week. Um, but who does who does he take the targets away from in San Francisco as far as their wideouts go? Well, a guy I've been dropping this morning too has been uh, Dante Pettis. Uh, it, I don't know if they've ever got together him and the coach all year. Uh, the other guys can't hardly stay healthy. I mean, Pettis looked like he was coming up, but I, I would I would throw to Sanders before I'd throw to any of these other guys. You got rookies, so I say Pettis. And it kind of depends upon like how fast the chemistry develops between Garoppolo and Sanders. But I think you could make the contention that who does, who is Garoppolo outside of Kittle? And you can make the case that maybe he doesn't even have the greatest chemistry with Kittle right now. Who does Garoppolo <laughs> have a connection with? Not Goodwin, not, not, uh, yeah. certainly not Pettis. Uh, Samuel has been banged up. And I, you know, it seemed like anytime he was getting the balls on gadget plays, um, this, right. this is a San Francisco team that might just be, um, you know, uh, Let's run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, play great defense, and then hit Emmanuel Sanders on key third downs, and then that's how they move the ball, and and yeah. then and then use Kittle, um, you know, be between you know down the seam. I I I guess I like the landing spot for Sanders better, but Sanu might actually have the higher ceiling at least for, as far as 2019 uh, is concerned. We don't often talk quarterbacks on this show, but we're going to right now because. In my opinion, you have a tough decision at quarterback this week. Maybe it's not tough for you. In this uh, fifth-place main event team, Kevin, you have Phillip Rivers in your starting lineup on the road against Chicago right now. On your bench, you have Derek Carr, who is also on the road, playing the Texans. Can you take me through the process there of of why you like Rivers over Carr and how close of a decision this was for you? That's who's in there now. Uh, (laughs) That may change by Sunday. Uh, Thing with Phillip is uh, their team is horrible now. They're two and five. They're always behind. They're going to be throwing a lot against the Bears. Do I want to do that, or would I rather have Carr throwing against Houston? But I have that combo with uh, Rivers to Eckler, and I like that a lot. So I'm, I might just stick with Rivers. Eckler is a guy that has uh, still <clears throat> still thrived really even with Melvin Gordon coming in. Is he just an every-week guy now the rest of the way, uh, even with Melvin Gordon, the way that he's been catching passes? And by the way, got had a great performance in Week 7 and also got a touchdown call back, so it could have been a great performance. Um, is Eckler just a guy that, look, you got to start him and keep him in your lineup going forward? Uh, you do. Um, I do. Uh, everybody that drafted him should. Uh, Gordon, I mean, I thought they had that game one. Like I say that it was close for that touchdown call. You bring in Gordon, and I, I don't know why you're running it there anyway because you have no timeouts. And Gordon just back to back just dropped out. Uh, he, he was pathetic. <laughs> I, I gave it back to Eckler and rewarded him for that catch. But yeah, he's a, he's a starter until I guess he's hurt because he's you could play both. Let Melvin run it, put uh, Eckler out wide, and they need another receiver. So why not? I would say outside of one week this year, I, it was Hunter Henry's first or second week back where he had that big, you know, eight catch for 110 yards and two touchdown game, whatever that was. Eckler has been the focus of this offense. 
more so than Melvin Gordon, more so than Keenan Allen. I mean, that they are moving the ball with Eckler right now consistently, and they have been doing it since the start of the season. So it's very, very difficult unless, like you say, like unless something drastic happens, you gotta get, you got to keep Eckler in there. I don't know if we're breaking any news on this, but um, if there's any <laughs> doubt that, that uh, Eckler should be in your starting lineup, uh, hopefully it's resolved right now. Um, you are a Louisville guy for sure. I mean, you're a UK well, fan, but you're from you're a UK yeah. fan, but you're but you're from right, but right. you're from Louisville, and obviously we know the mm-hmm. rivalry between the uh, Cardinals and and the uh, Wildcats there. I know that you uh, you can't help but follow Louisville closely, um, given the rivalry and given your proximity to these players. I want to talk about two former Cardinals, Lamar Jackson and Devontae Parker. Number one is Lamar Jackson going to win the NFL MVP this year, and Devontae Parker. Is he going to be fantasy relevant at all in his career, or are we just is he just going to be a fringe owned guy going forward? Well, Parker, uh, I don't know how we can ever trust him. I think he just needs a new team. Uh, I can't draft him. I picked him up in a league since he's on a hot streak on a waiver, but uh, yeah, I think he needs a new uh, location. Uh, Lamar, uh, if he continues what he's doing. I don't know why he can't be up there in conversation for MVP. What they did in Seattle, it it kind of shocked me. Uh, thought they might win, but not like they did. Just ran over Seattle. Uh, yeah, me being a UK fan, I get to watch all the stuff here in the Louisville area. In 2015, when Lamar was a backup as a freshman, Kentucky's always cursed by the backup quarterback. He comes in, runs for 186, two touchdowns, and throws for one. Then they beat A&M in a bowl game. He goes on and wins the Heisman the next two years. And his two starting years, 57 passes, 39 rushes. So he has always been able to throw the ball. I don't know what everyone was talking about. He can't throw. He's not accurate. If he has great receivers, he, he looks great. And he can run better than I thought he would do. I thought he'd be hurt by now, kind of like we've seen. But he just seems to be so much faster than all the other RG3s and quarterbacks we've seen like him. Yeah, and he, number one, he played in like people maybe don't realize this, but he played in a pro style offense at Louisville. So he was, you know, right. maybe further along than than some of these other running quarterbacks are. And you know, you look at some of the comments about um, defenders who have had to play him so far this season, and they they say that you know they haven't seen anything like him. Um, I think one guy said, well, this must have been what it was like to play against Michael Vick um, because of how fast he is. <laughs> and you watch the highlights that, you know, some of the stuff that he, I mean, he is being, he is, I'm going to make up a word here. He is out athleting these guys um, on defense. <laughs> and you say, well, well, is that sustainable? I think it is as long as he stays healthy. Now, is it sustainable that he stays healthy and continues to play like this? Mm, that I'm not sure about. Um, he certainly put together a great seven weeks, but as long as he is smart about it, keeps finding the sideline, keeps going down before the defenders can get to him, because nobody can catch him, um, then, yeah. yeah, I mean, he should be able to keep this up. And as long as the Ravens keep winning, uh, especially with the Mahomes injury right now, he is going to be uh, getting a lot of MVP votes this year, not only for NFL. Uh, he could be the fantasy MVP, given where you you know had to invest in him uh, in drafts. Uh, you, I got them all over the place, and I'm actually not loving you know, placing waivers this week, Kevin, because I got to drop somebody <laughs> to 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 play quarterback instead of Lamar Jackson this week. Um, right? If he's if he's in there for MVP votes, maybe people are tired of voting Brady. Yeah, that maybe could he be. Could only, he could only get so many. <laughs> yeah, 
No, that's a good point. Um, the last few weeks, now I, I ask this of, of every guest on this show, who they're aggressively bidding on in the waiver wire this week. And uh, the last few weeks, it's kind of been ho-hum. Is it ho-hum again for you this week? Is there anybody out there that, that you really, really like? Uh, anybody that you're that you're trying to make some some significant bids to acquire? Well, my, like most people, I'm probably going after Ty Johnson in the league's he is in not not twenty team roster leagues usually, but uh, if I can't get him, maybe I try to get the pass catcher in uh, McKissick. Uh, there's a league I'm gonna try to get the Rams do some more streaming defenses. Sure, I got the yep. Bengals this week, and I got a question for you in in my main event league. Uh, Cam Newton is available. Ooh. Should I think about dropping uh, Derek Carr, and if he does come back? And they do make the switch in Carolina. Could he be uh, got to go down the stretch for me? Maybe. Well, now, now, Kevin, I am I am the wrong guy to ask about this because you know I hate quarterbacks, <laughs> and and you know people are always like, oh, you guys should get rid of kicker and defense. Not get rid of quarterback. You know, I just I I hate him, um, except for when Lamar Jackson's crushing it for me. For me, I look at it from the standpoint of um, you already have Philip Rivers who. Um, should put up solid points each and every week. He's he's never going to really have like a Sam Darnold dud. Um, Derek Carr, I think you can make the same case for, although he's playing a little bit better over the last few weeks. And they've been they've been on a brutal stretch of their schedule too, with with being away from home so long. Um, so maybe he turns around when they start getting some more of these home games. But I think from a from a, an upside standpoint, I mean, who's going to help you the most as you try to win five hundred thousand dollars? Is it going to be playing matchups with Rivers and, and Derek Carr, or is it going to be the possibility of Cam Newton coming back rejuvenated, healthy, having all these weapons? Um, I, I think it's Cam Newton. So I think if it were me uh, and I was looking at that, I would probably drop Derek Carr for Cam Newton just to see what happens. I can't believe Kyle Allen's going to go undefeated the rest of the way. Um, it, it's, <laughs> it's tough for me to believe that that they, they just will – sit Newton, a healthy Newton or a relatively healthy Newton the rest of the season. So I think I like that move for you in, in picking up Newton and, and dropping Derek Carr. Cool. I, I, I might be doing that. I, I did some waivers earlier, but I got four more hours before I go to work. So no, you got time. More in. You got time. There you go. Uh, it has been a, an, a pleasure speaking with you today. Before I let you go, Kevin, one final question uh, for you. Uh, a lot of uh, players are going to be only two teams on bye this week, Baltimore and Dallas. So maybe the, the bye week blues are not hitting uh, teams as hard as they were the last few weeks when we had four. So maybe there's some tougher lineup decisions that you have to make. Is there any player that you think a lot of FFPC guys are going to have in their starting lineup that, that you think is, is not going to be so great in week eight? And then conversely, um, a player that you think um, most people have on their benches that you think hey, you should get this guy in your starting lineup because he's going to go off. Um, a guy that you might get off the bench or you could possibly get off the waiver wire, um, probably not a sneaky play, but uh, tomorrow, uh, Wendell Smallwood backing up Yeah. Peter, Peterson and Thompson. I mean, Peterson's supposed to have an ankle sprain here and there, and maybe it's coach speak, but he acts like he's going to play. Maybe he pulls a, you know, a Johnson, but... Um, maybe Wendell Smallwood, you can get him, get you some points if you need help. Uh, that's about all I got on that. I, you know, and the thing is, it's like, 
every starting running back matters, but in Washington's really testing that theory, right? <laughs> Washington, yes. as bad as they are, as battered as their offensive line is, as bad as as their offense and backfield is, I I just you know if I had if I got Smallwood for cheap, sure I'd consider starting him. But when it comes to be that point where it's you know right before one o'clock on 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 Sunday, am I really going to war with with Wendell Smallwood? <laughs> but I mean, but he right. might be the type of guy. What happens if you pick him up? Peterson doesn't play, and then he puts up you know 12, 13 points against a pretty good defense in in Minnesota. Then now maybe you got a flex play going forward until this backfield can get healthy, and who knows when that'll be. High ankle sprains can keep Peterson out for a while. Uh, turf toe can keep Chris Thompson out for a while. They, you know, I just saw Bryce Love had to undergo another surgery. No surprise with the uh, Washington wow. medical staff that that this another, is going. Another on. great draft. Yeah, I mean, it's just <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so I don't know. Maybe there is something with Smallwood and the fact that the the offense is so bad and and Smallwood certainly has had opportunities to impress before and and really kind of hasn't. Maybe that depresses his value enough. Uh, to make him a, a, a sneaky little play off the waiver wire this week. We will find that out on Thursday morning when people are listening to this and, and looking at their FFPC waiver wire to see how that went down. Uh, it will be interesting to see. It will be interesting to see, Kevin, how far you can take this team. You've taken it nearly to the mountaintop. You're doing excellent so far this season. I want to wish you good luck in all your leagues this year. And I should say, too, for anybody listening, um, uh, Kevin was the guy at in in louisville at at the kffsc when i was at the bar getting a drink that broke the andrew luck retirement news to me <laughs> I, i'll never forget you know it's andrew luck i mean it's not it's not like i follow him closely but i was i was getting a beer and you came up and you said did you hear about andrew luck i'm like no it's like he's retiring and i said no he's not <laughs> And, and then I look around at the in the ballroom, and I'm everybody like it, you know there's a lot of Colts fans there, and there's it's a buzz like everybody's like looking at their phones and slapping their 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 palms to their foreheads and just I was in disbelief. But but yeah, you were the you were my Adam Schefter that day breaking that news to me. Uh, I I was in disbelief. Uh, so maybe that was a crazy that was crazy scene in the middle of, of a draft in the middle of a draft. Right. You know. Luckily, it was like in the the last ten rounds instead of the first ten, but he'd already been drafted. And then, yeah, uh, just to see the buzz from people to people, the person to person. And some people three rounds later said, "Hey, did you hear about luck?" And we we're like, "Yeah, three three rounds ago." <laughs> <laughs> I and you know I and I'll tell you this too, um, that draft I ended up drafting uh, Jacoby Brissett as as a backup quarterback. Um, oh, and, wow. and, and it's, and it's worked out so far. You know, the thing is, it is the next day I drafted Brissett in another league and, and he has been great for me there. But, um, the night I, I drafted him, then I already had Russell Wilson on my team. So I haven't been playing Brissett a whole lot, but I'll tell you what, anybody who drafted Brissett late in that draft has to be loving life. Uh, oh. the fact that he's leading the league. I mean, who would have thought going into week eight, Jacoby Brissett is leading the league in passing touchdowns per game, and Lamar Jackson is sixth in the NFL in rushing. What a world. <laughs> that is, that's crazy. <laughs> what a world we live in. Kevin, best of luck to you the rest of the way in all your leagues, uh, and uh, hopefully we can talk again. Hey, thanks, Balky. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. 
Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, and follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com